In the classic film High Fidelity, Rob Gordon and his record store employee Dick have the following conversation when Dick stops by his apartment. I guess it looks as if you're reorganizing your records. What is this though? Chronological? No. Not alphabetical. Nope. What? Autobiographical. No fucking way. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and today we have another of the Sunday Rambles. This one inspired, quite honestly, by clutter. Specifically, book clutter. I was looking for a specific book earlier, and as I searched throughout Casa de Bookish with no success, I realized how out of control the organization of my books had become. And I thought to myself, I'm probably not the only one that faces this issue. Now, if you happen to be someone who can fit their entire book collection on a fireplace mantle, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast in the first place, but if you are, you need to repent and go out and buy more books. If you happen to be a devotee of the Marie Kondo declutter your life movement and you've gotten rid of a lot of your books, you need to repent of that also. And consider this. It's kind of interesting that a woman who has sold millions of copies of her books is telling you to get rid of yours. It's kind of like Al Gore writing 400 page books on the dangers of deforestation. Or maybe you're one of those people who is so meticulously organized that you never have a book out of place. It's always on the shelf exactly where it's supposed to be. If that's the case, I'm a little envious, but today's episode may at least give you some ideas for changing things up somewhat. For the rest of us, what I'll be doing throughout the rest of this episode is running through a few different methods for organizing your bookshelves. It sounds simple, but what you'll find is it's really not. There are as many different choices as there are books, and you need to find one that reflects your personality the best. As I've warned on Sunday episodes before, when I call it a ramble, I'm not kidding. I will probably run off the rails at some point, but I'll try to stay on topic as much as possible. Also, I should note here that when I talk about bookshelves and bookcases, I'm referring to a standard bookcase, three, four, five shelves, sometimes more. If you happen to have floor to ceiling shelves, again, I'm jealous, but I am referring to a standard bookcase rather than some of the more creative ones that people have now that look like trees or form, you know, art displays on their walls. Those housekeeping bits aside, let's get to organizing. 
So it might seem like a natural first question would be, why don't I just shelve my books alphabetically? And if you own a bookstore or are working in a library, that makes perfect sense. Otherwise, just know. Libraries and bookstores basically have to shelve their books alphabetically so that people can find what they're looking for. If I walk into my local bookstore and I want the latest Patrick Modiano novel, I want to know where to find it. But we don't live in libraries and bookstores. It'd be really great if we could, but we don't. So let's just avoid alphabetical as even an option. A shelving method that makes more sense for some people would be categorizing their books by genre or subject. But again, this is very close to alphabetical in the sense that it's pretty common in bookstores and libraries. Also, although most people like to think of themselves as widely read, in reality, we tend to gravitate towards certain subjects that we enjoy. So, you may have a lot of fiction, maybe even a lot of history, but the rest of those categories on your shelves are going to be very small, and it's going to be a little off balance trying to shelf them that way. And no, I don't believe you have to separate nonfiction from fiction on your bookshelves. A nonfiction book about Paris in the 1920s fits perfectly with the writings of Hemingway and Sylvia Beach and James Joyce. Just as Bonfire of the Vanities and Lesson Zero can sit comfortably next to a biography of Ronald Reagan or Pope John Paul II because they all encapsulate the 1980s. Moving away from those two most common and most boring ways of shelving your books, there's a trend that I personally hope will not last. Shelving your books by color. This was and may still be all the rage on Instagram as the bookstagrammers, yeah, that's what they're called, sought the most aesthetically pleasing way to shelve their books in order to take the best picture possible. Because for the people that live on Instagram, the picture is the most important thing. Now I'll admit it looks pretty cool in a photograph, but it has some inherent drawbacks, especially if you own more than just the penguin, orange, and black editions. The sad fact for bookstagrammers is that most books don't come in solid colors. I imagine it's clear from my somewhat flippant tone that I'm not a fan of any of the three previously mentioned methods. But before we move on to some that I do suggest, we need a bridge. And that bridge is shelving out of necessity. And shelving out of necessity almost means shelving by size. It's a popular method, especially if you have bookcases with differently spaced shelves. Or if you have a very seriously undiagnosed case of OCD. For those with OCD, you may just have to put the tallest books on the left side and have them move across in descending order of height. That's not what I'm talking about when I mention necessity. 
What I mean when I say that is there are bookcases, usually without adjustable shelves, that have more space at the bottom than they do at the top. What it does, in essence, is it forces you to put your bigger books at the bottom and things like the mass market paperbacks at the top. You can still do other arrangements with that setup, including some of the ones that we're about to talk about, but you are confined to a certain way of doing things, partly because of the bookcases that you own. And these aren't super common, but they're common enough that it may be something you're faced with. Now moving on to some shelving methods that you might want to try out. The first one would be chronological by publication date. It's kind of a fun and quirky method and one that virtually assures that no two books by the same author will be anywhere close to each other. It's certainly easy to set up because all you have to do is look at the copyright page to know what year it was published, but it can be difficult to remember where a book is based on that unless you have a really good memory for dates. But it's certainly a valid way to do things. I believe an even more interesting way to shelve your books than chronologically is geographically. This can work particularly well for someone who reads a lot of books in translation. You could create a virtual map of the world with your books. If you have enough, you could even have different shelves or cases for different continents. It'll also work well with the 50 states because you should really be reading more than just books from the United States. Check out my earlier episode, Around the World in 80 Books. I still wouldn't shelve the individual authors alphabetically by country, but I think it's perfectly acceptable to alphabetize the countries themselves. The only potential downside is that while everyone knows Stephen King is from Maine and, and Jane Austen is from England, you may not as readily recall that Gabriel Garcia Marquez is Colombian and not Venezuelan, and you may not have any clue what state Jim Butcher comes from at all. Now one of the coolest and quite honestly most complicated ways of shelving your books was referenced in the quote from High Fidelity that I used at the beginning of this episode. And that's shelving your books autobiographically. Now this may seem identical to the chronological method, except you'd be using the date that you bought the book rather than the date of publication. But it's really not. Because shelving books autobiographically doesn't mean you use the date that you purchased the book. It means you use the date that you read the book. Now, I understand we all have a ton of books on our shelves that we haven't read yet and that we're going to get to. So what do we do with those? Maybe we put those at the end. I don't know. I'm still working on that part. But for the books that we have read, we shelve them according to the time that we actually read them. Now what in the world could be the purpose in shelving a book like that? Well, I think it goes beyond 
the actual physical shelving itself. It goes beyond being able to find them easily and just more deeply connects us to the book itself. And as readers, we're already connected to our books. If, for example, I show Tom Parada's book, The Wishbones, in the section covering 2005, because that's when I read it during a trip to Galveston, sitting on the beach for four days, it's going to remind me of that trip. It's going to bring up memories of my children. It's going to bring up memories of the book and what I first thought of the book and other things that were going on at the time. So it's a memory trigger as well as a shelving method. Yes, I have to remember that 2005 was when I first read it in order to find it on my shelves. But, I mean, let's be honest with most of these shelving methods. After a while, you get to know where all the books on your shelves are, unless you're constantly rearranging them. So how do I organize my own shelves? Well, I actually use multiple methods, including some that we probably didn't touch on. I definitely don't shelve them alphabetically, but I do like having authors together so that I can find a farewell to arms next to For Whom the Bell Tolls. I will shelve my books in translation by country, just because I like having them organized that way. And with very few exceptions, the top shelf of every case has the books that I enjoyed the most and that I reread the most because they're the easiest for me to get to without having to stoop down. I mean, I'm not getting any younger and crawling around on the floor isn't as fun as it used to be. Finally, on a practical note, why does it matter at all that we shelve our books? Well, we need to shelve them for protection. Keeping your books on a bookshelf rather than stacked up on a table or nightstand or on a couch or wherever they may be protects them from things like cats walking on them, coffee being spilled on them, accidentally sitting down on them and bending the spine, and it can also protect them from light and heat and other great enemies of books. But most importantly, as I discovered in my search today, it just makes them easier to find. So give some of these methods a try. They may work well for you. If you have a method that you currently use that I didn't mention, let me know in the voicemail section. But whatever you do, get them shelved and keep on reading. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad-free. Thanks again.